Ananda Kumar Prabhu on uh, line uh, in terms of video because he does not have any um, internet connection. So he is going to join us by phone. So we will not, unfortunately, we will not be able to see him. Hopefully we can post a picture of him uh, in the near future, uh, maybe together with this recording, but uh, we will be able to hear him. And that's what's more important because we want to hear the nectar from him because Nanda Kumar Prabhu is a disciple of His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami from Cape Town, South Africa, like I mentioned earlier. And he has traveled with His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Guru Maharaj from 1998 to 2002. He was the traveling secretary of Guru Maharaj. So that's a very special combination because usually those who travel with uh, His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Guru Maharaj are his disciples because Guru Maharaj has a good number of disciples. And a lot of times the disciples are the ones who travel with him. But his, um, but the disciple of His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami, Nanda Kumar Prabhu, has gotten the golden opportunity to travel for four years with Guru Maharaj. And this shows how beautiful our movement, the movement of Srila Prabhupada is because we do not, um, you know, uh, segregate between, you know, this guru or that guru, you know, we work together. This is a clear testimony to that. So Hare Krishna Nanda Kumar Prabhu, thank you so much for joining us today. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you very much for arranging this uh, uh, meeting all the devotees um, uh, please accept my humble obeisances uh, to all the devotees listening as well uh, all glory to Shiva Prabhupada um, and um, how can I serve you Hare Krishna I mean I'm, I forgot to say that we must thank um, Janaki Ramachandra Prabhu because he has gone through all the difficulties tracking down devotees that we usually do not get to hear from so all thanks goes to him and uh, for arranging this, for, you know, getting in touch with you. And Prabhu, I, first of all, you know, recently the whole devotee community, the entire world was very saddened uh, with the passing of uh, His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami. Uh, I personally had a relationship, a Siksha Guru relationship with Bhakti Charu Swami. And, you know, it was not an easy time for all of us, and I can understand how it must have been for you. So before we start, I want to first honor His Holiness Bhakti Charu Swami today. So you, have, you are his disciple, uh, and you have personally traveled with uh, Jayapataka Swami for four years. So can you tell us how you met Bhakti Charu Swami? I want to know that before we move on to Jayapataka Swami, because that I'm sure that will be very sweet as well. Okay, yes, thank you for the question. So I actually met uh, His Holiness Bhakti Charan Swami when I was studying at the University of Cape Town and Maharaj used to visit uh, the ISKCON Cape Town Center um, because he was actually the GBC uh, at the time. And, um, you know, there were a few senior devotees who were GBCs and, um, you know, immediately when I met Bhakti Charan Swami, I, I had a kind of like an instant connection, you know, I could resonate immediately with his uh, mood. And, um, you know, as time passed, you know, and I understood the process of uh, Diksha, then for me, it was like an obvious, natural choice. It was not even a choice. It was just a, a destiny. <laughs> it was just, just destiny like that. Beautiful uh, destiny indeed. 
<clears throat> and uh, so, you know, I was at university from 91 to 94, uh, mm-hmm. when, you know, he was, uh, you know, a very uh, a positive influence on my studying and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I was quite young at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was very supportive of my studies and, uh, you know, generally my success in life, which I found to be, um, you know, very endearing to me. Um, I appreciated that very much. And as the relationship grew um, over those years, uh, the opportunity came up to attend the uh, centennial celebrations in India in 1996, uh-huh. um, yes. which was, uh, yes, if you might remember that in September 1996, there was the 100 year celebration of Prabhupada mm-hmm. and uh, the Sahasra Tirtajal. And uh, um, Dr. Swami arranged this, um, this tour of India, the six week Parikrama. Um, with, uh, I think, over a hundred devotees uh, from all around the world. And uh, at that time, I actually took initiation. It was actually um, uh, a Vyasa Puja celebration on the 17th of September, 1996. And then there was our initiation ceremony on the 20th of September, 1996, a few days later. And, uh, and then I returned to Cape Town and yeah, the rest will uh, we'll pick up um, as the interview continues. Very nice. So Prabhu, how about His Holiness Jayapataka Swami? When did you first meet him? And how were you identified to travel with Guru Maharaj? Okay, so <clears throat> that takes up uh, very nicely from, um, from the story where um, I took initiation in 1996. I wasn't very um, uh, committed to, <laughs> to working and uh, you know, generally what we used to call material life in those days. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was very much on a one-track mind that, you know, I need to uh, quit this job as soon as I pay back my bursary. I had a bursary to study at the university, so they wanted uh, four years of uh, work um, uh, out of paying for four years of study. So, um, as it came to about four years over, um, I had actually, um, in 1996, when I was on the Vyasa Puja tour, come across the Bhakti Viksha magazine and seeing Jatataka Swami's picture there. And uh, again, it was uh, like uh, hard to explain, like uh, um, a sense of familiarity uh, when I saw his picture and you know, read what the Bhakti Diksha program was all about. And I had the sense of, I always wanted to meet this powerful Swami, you know, um, but I never at that stage met him. He hadn't been to South Africa. So I came back to Cape Town in 1997. I tried to start the Bhakti Diksha program, and because of that, we started communicating. Uh, Jayapataka Swami and myself started communicating by email. And oh, wow. um, very, yes, exactly. We started communicating by email. And um, actually, at the end of that 1996 year, I had invited him to come to Cape Town, and uh, he told me, no, you know, he can put in uh, maybe around Christmas Day. You can pop in for a day or two to Cape Town. And I thought, oh, okay, well, let's, uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. All the devotees are going to be up in Durban for the Ratiyatra, but um, you know, I'm not going to tell him that. I'm just going to accept the invitation. And he arrived to this empty temple, and he was furious. I remember he was, like, the whole time, like, wondering, like, what on earth was he invited to this empty temple for, and all the devotees are up at Ratiyatra. And I'd arranged this big red Rolls Royce from this congregation devotee to drive him around with basically, I think, one or two other devotees. And for one or two days, we went uh, on the sightseeing tour with him feeling extremely frustrated that there was no one to preach to, no service to be done. 
And he just, I think, ended up doing his laptop stuff and engaging himself like that for a day or two. Um, so I remember that was for me before there was any picture relationship or anything. And um, after that visit, uh, you know, we continued to um, uh, uh, keep in touch. And um, when I told him, you know, that, look, you know, this is it now. I told you before I'm going to quit and, you know, this is the date. I'm quitting on this date. He said, mm -hmm. well, then why don't you come and travel with me? And that caught me off guard. I was like, oh, I didn't really expect, um, you know, um, what would have been regarded in those days as a really nice opportunity and a prestigious, yeah. you know, this is a gift, you know, what a this lucky guy, you know, I really was surprised. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I thought I'm going to just have to, you know, use my work money, buy a ticket to India and spend six months just thumbing it in Vindavan, you know, doing it the hard way. But here yeah. I am now, it feels like uh, had a bit of a silver spoon in my mouth, you know, so I better you know, make the most of it, you know, better not. Um, um. So again, I, I without, uh, you know, I automatically said, you know, we, uh, it just happened, you know, a few months later, the company actually started retrenching people and I uh, found an opportunity to leave even a few months before um, mm -hmm. I had to. And I told him and he said, okay, well, I'm coming to South Africa on that date and you'll fly out with me. And before I knew it, I was getting a passport and getting, you know, a couple of like visas for my first few trips out of the country. And that's how it started. That's so amazing because this is basically a personal invitation from Guru Maharaj to you. And that's how you became his traveling secretary. That's so, you're so, so fortunate, Prabhu. What did Bhakti Charu yes. Swami think about uh, your uh, wonderful fortune of serving His Holiness Jayapataka Swami as a traveling secretary. Yes, no, he was uh, he was uh, very happy. You know, as you know him, he is a very traditional kind of person. So for him, you know, the idea of you know my disciple, your disciple, didn't even arise, and yes. um, you know, neither in my mind. So you know, because I think it didn't even arise between the two of us, it was never really an issue outside of that either. So. In my relationship with uh, Srila Charyapa, the disciples of his, and everyone who knew him, it felt very comfortable. You know, there was never a sense of like, um, uh, you know, uh, this guy's cheating on his guru or the disciple guru chastity is being threatened or anything like that. It was uh, all yes. actually very win-win. Yeah, that's the beauty. And I remember even Bhakti Charu Maharaj had secretaries uh, who are disciples of Radhanath Swami. You know. It's really not a matter. I know that, you know, there were disciples of Gopal Krishna Maharaj who were working or serving in Jayapataka Swami office in Mayapur. So we are a big, beautiful family and there is no need to, you know, separate us from saying that, oh, you are his disciple of his disciple. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful uh, movement with such genuine relationships. Prabhu, how many countries have you visited uh, with His Holiness Jayapataka Swami in that four years? So, you know, when I was traveling with uh, uh, Jayapataka Swami, I started to keep a diary, as you, as you probably know, and some of the people listening in might know as well. And mm -hmm. in that way, I was able to keep some kind of track of uh, where, you know, we traveled. If you'd asked me mm -hmm. today and I hadn't kept track, I would have absolutely no idea. But as it turns out, I made a list when I finished traveling. And I even remember showing this list to my mom, you know, like you show your mom all your like uh, little trophies in life. So I remember showing her, look, mom, this is the list of all the places I've been to. And it was about 50 or 60. 
Wow. Wow. That's a lot of countries. <laughs> Prabhu, I mean, like, you know, I've heard that, you know, Guru Maharaj sometimes visits in those days, you know, before the, the stroke, uh, that he sometimes visits two countries in a day at a time. So can you tell us a little bit about the traveling schedule from 1998 from 2002 when you were his traveling secretary? Right. So, you know, I actually summarized um, my experiences in my resume when I went looking for work in 2002 after traveling um, mm -hmm. in one sentence or so by saying something along the lines of um, um, constantly on the move, um, hardly any time to sleep, uh, living under constantly austere conditions. Um, I learned to uh, appreciate the world and all its people. <laughs> it sounds nice uh -huh. on a TV, uh, but it, it's also quite factual, you know. Um, yeah. It was uh, like a, a roller coaster type of uh, scenario. Wow. <clears throat> and, you know, I think today the internet is really, really helpful to most of uh, the secretaries, you know, in terms of like booking the tickets, getting visas done, and communicating with the devotees in the countries that they are planning to visit. And there are big teams now in different countries, big teams of disciples and devotees who arrange for everything. And while the secretaries still do so much, but they are being helped uh, a lot by the local teams. Uh, during your time, I think the internet and email was already there, but you know, smartphones was not really a thing. Um, and so there was no instant communication. And I, I'm not sure how many people you had in your team at that time. Was it only you and Guru Maharaj? Or how was it? And how did you manage in terms of like, you know, the administrative uh, duties, like, you know, informing the devotees and telling them, you know, the flight is delayed or things like that. How did you manage with those kind of things, Prabhu? Okay, so, um, you know, even though it was still before smartphones and stuff, there was still quite a bit of technology in those days, most notably email. And yes. um, in fact, email may not have been, yeah, email may not have been as convenient to use as it is today where you can just pull out a phone, uh, standing more or less anywhere and access your email. But still, the principle was there. And remember, we had some genius devotees in our movement. Um, I remember Raktambar. Was it Raktambar Prabhu who designed the uh, original Sanho um, uh, email Ho, system? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you know, that thing was just genius. I mean, it worked so well. Um, it was very robust. It was instantaneous. And all you needed, though, was a landline. You know, in those days, you needed a landline connection. So we used to travel around with uh, little pouches. And I'm not sure if still maybe they need to do that, but little parties with all the telephone connections for different countries that had different sockets that your phone line would plug into so that we could connect and then uh, download. Uh, very quickly download all your emails and then um, go offline and then work on the emails offline very effectively in this piece of software. Um, you know, I only really appreciated that software when I started using things like Outlook in my working life afterwards and uh -huh. realized how, you know, this, uh, this email system was really good. So there was that. And then also, remember, there was there were still all the devotees in all the countries doing mm -hmm. all the arrangements that they're probably still doing these days, including helping with traveling. So they would email me and say, you know, this is the schedule or these are the, can we buy these domestic tickets, for example, uh, based on, you know, your international arrival and departure dates, you know, this is what we can put in. 
and we'll take care of all of those tickets, you know. So that would also happen. So there was massive backup. And, you know, the two people I, I remember uh, specifically are Marichi uh, Prabhu yes. and Mahaguna Mataji from Atlanta. Yes. And, I mean, yeah. those two were like the most solid team, you know. I, it was like a miracle. Between the two of them, they, would, they could, like, do these travel arrangements, like, without yeah. any time. So in, in, in a space of zero gravity and time, these individuals <laughs> could, like, map out, you know, like a journey through the planet. Uh, using, as you said, you know, quite less sophisticated means. Um, and I get no credit for that. You know, um, you know if I remember um, uh, correctly, you know, mm-hmm. um, my hardest work was really, I think, standing in those uh, queues to manually change tickets and to get visas, mm-hmm. of course. Um, you know, so, um, and then sometimes issuing those tickets as well. So then I eventually I learned these tricks from these guys as well. And then... Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, um, I don't know, maybe things were also simpler in those days. You know, maybe there were less, um, uh, there was a bit of less red tape. So, and I remember getting visas in those days was, you know, more or less just a matter of presenting yourself. Whereas these days, I think, you know, they're really screening up and down. Um, and that can probably take up a lot more work and require a lot more admin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just you, right? It was, Prabhu, a lot it was of just help. you and Guru Maharaj. Yes, physically traveling, it was just me traveling uh, with him, uh, you know, obviously uh, mostly because of cost, um, you know, um, it was just the two of us moving around. And that's in fact how we did end up having to often, you know, manually reroute a ticket or, you know, uh, go to an embassy and get a visa um, and then, you know, rely on devotees in the country to be faxing us stuff or, um, yeah, it wasn't really a thing to scan documents in those days. It was still the days of faxing and, you know, um, Yes, yeah, documents I don't think were really emailed around in those days. So there was a lot of manual uh, standing, lying, and uh, um, stuff. I, I don't know if that still happens much uh, these days if you travel, you know, uh, as a traveler. Um, That's right. Yeah. These days, even boarding passes are actually just on your smartphone. You don't even have to print them out. I remember those days, tickets used to be like pages and pages, like a booklet of tickets, you know, especially if you're traveling to so many destinations. Yes, and, uh, you know, as a memento, I've kept uh, all of my tickets. You know, I still have the booklets. Uh, I have a little pouch with, um, you know, dozens of ticket booklets in them. Um, wow. With all these, um, yeah, and I look at them sometimes, you know, just to remind myself, oh, look, you were, in this place, on this date, you know. Um, yeah. Can you believe it? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really nice if you can take uh, photographs <laughs> of those uh, tickets and all that memorabilia, and we can actually post it on um, uh, Jayapataka Swami's Facebook page, along with a photograph of yourself, because most of us do not know how you even look like, Prabhu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. No, I said I'll scratch around and get uh, some memorabilia out and uh, have them scanned in. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much. That will be really a nectar and like something really nice for everyone to see. So Prabhu, now that we have gotten all the hows and whens out of the way, let's uh, dive into the real nectar. Can you tell us some of... Uh, 
your unforgettable uh, pastimes uh, during your service with Guru Maharaj? You know, um, maybe let's begin at the very beginning. You know, the first flight mm -hmm. we took out of South Africa mm -hmm. was memorable in itself because I messed up uh, big time. And, you know, you never forget when that happens. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and I learned a lesson I'll never forget, you know. So it's probably a good yeah. story all in all. We were booked on a South African Airways flight to India. Uh, mm -hmm. It might have been Johannesburg to Bombay. And okay. it was my first flight, yeah, it was my first flight out of the country uh, with Jataka Swami. And actually before that, I think we'd done one or two domestic flights within South Africa, but pretty much this was like the big one. And there was all the luggage coming, you know, through the scanners and lots of devotees around as usual, you know, making a fuss. And, mm -hmm. you know, me there trying to keep track of not just now my bags, but, uh, but she had Chariapad's bags. And he had, as you know, uh, usually at least two big bags and two yeah. handbags. Yeah. And another little bag here and another little bag there and a bag of food here and a bag of that there, which everyone forgets <laughs> about. Everyone just thinks about the big stuff. <laughs> so, there was, so there was a video camera bag. If you remember in those days, we had those big camcorders that would be in those uh, things you sling on your shoulder. And there'd yes. be a whole lot of like tapes and batteries stuffed in as well. So all in all, quite a bulky thing and a heavy thing. And I forgot it. As it came out of the security scanner, I forgot it. We, just the two of us went off, marching to the plane. And here I'm uh -huh. thinking, yes, we're off. And then like we realized the video camera is missing. And I like oh, closed. I thought, oh, no way. And, um, you know, fortunately, one of the South African devotees had noticed it grabbed it mm -hmm. and was smiling, waiting for us to come and fetch it. So all in all, uh, all's well, it ends well, but it taught me a lesson I'll never forget, and that is always count the luggage. And I remember this was one of the things I, I thought, you know, this is a key skill that uh, a traveling secretary may not know until he learns it maybe the hard way, but it's such an important thing, is to never lose anything, is to always keep track of all the little bits and pieces, of which, like I said, there are many, and they can change. Sometimes you've got this, uh, you know, two bags of food, and sometimes you don't have any bags of food, uh, you know, but you can't lose the food. <laughs> you know, you can't just say, oh, well, it's food, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. You know, it's like that's your sustenance for the next 48 hours. You can't be casual about that sort of thing. So I remember right. being very, uh, yeah, I remember learning that lesson very well, you know, like don't lose stuff. Um, he didn't get upset with me, by the way. It's not because he scolded me or said anything. I don't remember any of that. All I remember is my own, like, shock and dismay at, like, messing up, you know, on the first few minutes of the job. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really, yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good lesson to learn uh, in the beginning because then, you know, probably after that, you were really, really very careful and nothing happened. So I think you were actually kind of lucky that you got this uh, op this uh, opportunity, or should I say, this incident happening, you know, like yes. in the beginning of your travel. Yes, definitely. It was Krishna teaching me, you know, one of those very important uh, lessons. Um, yeah. Definitely. Can, can you tell us a little uh, some other well, uh, pastimes? Yeah. Sure. Before we, you know, I just wanted to add that, you know, the reason perhaps why I carry the story so vividly is also. It's certainly so well in my life generally, you know, like these days with keys, cell phone, 
wallet, you know, perhaps a handkerchief and this and that that you're carrying around. Um, and I yes. noticed people around me losing their stuff all the time. And I thought, you know, I never lose my stuff. And it's because I have from those days developed a system. This goes here, that goes there, that goes there. You uh-huh. check it's all there before you make a move. And most of the time, you know, you don't lose your stuff. That's amazing. Just see how just one incident can actually give you like a life lesson, you know? Well, you know, um, that actually is, is uh, the top of the iceberg of the kind of good stuff that I took away from my traveling. Um, you know, um, Jayapataka Swami himself. Yeah, Jayapataka Swami himself, you know, um, uh, besides anything which might be more subtle or harder to perceive, it's just very obvious uh, to anyone, in other words, that she's just mm-hmm. a very like skilled, accomplished person. Um, you know, like a forearm, like two arms doing this and another two doing that. And most people are like, that's not even possible. Um, yeah. And that was real, you know, that, that was really how it was, you know, really, really uh, 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 capable, competent, skilled. And I picked up on that. I learned, you know, all oh, right, this is, you know, if you, if you can, um, you know, um, be uh, mindful and conscious in your life like this, you can actually accomplish a lot. That's right. That's right. So you're saying he was very and, uh, meticulous and he was uh, very mindful of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Like maybe give some examples? Right. So I guess, um, you know, um, what should be apparent is in that kind of role anyway, you've got to be worrying about this thing going on in that part of the world at the same time as worrying about this other thing going on in the other part of the world, as well as worrying about, on about what's going on right in front of you with the person who's talking to you. And mm-hmm. that multitasking um, is not, uh, it's a very rare you know, skill. And he had it in such uh, copious amounts that I think mm-hmm. most people are just like shocked. Like, no, that's not even possible, you know, to do so much and keep track of all of this stuff and still not be tied or, you know, get set up. Uh, mm-hmm. That was uh, perhaps, uh, yeah, um, one of the most obvious and, you know, strong, like, uh, you know, uh, just hits you straight away. You know, this is not an ordinary person by any measure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then, um, <clears throat> You know, that's almost uh, coupled with the, the energy that he had, which again is something I have never seen in another person. And I have, I have hung out with, you know, a lot of energetic people and observed energetic people, you know, generally in the world. And yeah. uh, still, this is, yeah, this was definitely coming from like a different type of energy, you know, deeper kind of energy, more powerful energy that was driving him. Um, that's right. Was anything like, you know, the way he dealt with devotees, you know, did, did that mean anything to you? Like, did you notice anything that was uh, really um, different and that was really endearing that, you know, kind of touched your heart that you still remember till today? Yeah, that is an excellent uh, topic. You know, uh, when mm-hmm. I first saw his picture in a magazine in 1996, I used to think this guy looks so scary and fierce. And the general impression of him, you know, in those days was, you know, he's a very senior devotee and, you know, he's very, very, uh, you know, um, you know, you uh, basically people generally was uh, scared, you know, uh, there was some degree of not, uh, you know, just kind of like a respectful, like a respectful type yes. of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, if you know what I mean. And when I met him, I, I felt, no, but this person is so amiable, you know, uh, he's so... Yes. Um, uh, down to earth, you know, no, there's no airs about him. 
to the point I used to wonder, maybe that's, maybe it was before, maybe he was like that or something. And then, you know, meeting the devotees who knew him all those years, I realized, no, actually he was always the same um, yeah. in both senses. I think there was the persona that was always fierce, but there was mm-hmm. always the, the, the kind of like <laughs> the teddy bear inside that was always amiable. <laughs> And both existed, yeah. you know, uh, simultaneously throughout. Um, and, you know, I was just getting to see, you know, a side of him perhaps that a lot of people don't get to see personally. But it exists yeah. very much. And, you know, speaking to his other devotees, you'll hear that kind of confirmation. He's a real softy. I've never seen him scold anyone. I've never seen him make, make anyone feel bad, which is a very subtle thing. And it's a very unique thing as well. You know, in this world, people walk around. Sometimes just mm-hmm. trying to make other people feel bad all the time at yes. its worst. Um, and, you know, here we have the other extreme, even when provoked, you know, there's no desire to now like punish this guy or make him feel like an idiot or, uh, you know, lazy or fallen, you know, not say, you know, in that not in a devotee context. Um, there was no vindictiveness, meanness or anything, which, you know, I can't stress how unique and how rare that is actually uh, in the world. Yes, it's extremely rare. I mean, like, you know, every day we are faced with people who are just trying to bring her, bring us down for no reason yeah. at all. And here is someone who has all the reason to bring us down, but yet lifts, lifts us up, you know. So that's a beautiful quality. Yes, and, you know, to the point I used to wonder whether it's just because, you know, I'm not like a Diksha disciple, maybe he's being a bit soft on me. But then I saw no the way he relates with everyone, all the other disciples that work, uh, devotees that work with me that are disciples. It wasn't yes. any different. You know, there wasn't like, you know, uh, two uh, different uh, ways of dealing with people. It was consistent. It was the same. Um, it was very peaceful, generally. Um, sadhu, yes. you know, there's all the qualities of a sadhu. Yeah. Correct. Equal to all. Yes. Yeah, yes. uh, Pandita Samadarshina, simple for the simple. Um, you know, um, yeah, he kept it simple even though he was really uh, deep and knew everything. But, you know, mm-hmm. that wasn't his way of presenting himself. You know, his way of presenting himself was very simple and humble and basic principles, mm-hmm. you know, chant and associate with the devotees and, you know, uh, the, uh, the basic, the simple stuff. Correct. Prabhu, I understand that after you um, went back to Cape Town in 2002, you have not really met Guru Maharaj um, till today. Am I right? Yes, that's Did right. You meet him? I haven't seen him since, yeah. since 2002. That's right. So Prabhu, where, how did you find out about the stroke in 2008? And how did you feel at that time? Uh, can you tell us about your you know, state of mind at that time? Right. So since 2002, I've only traveled outside of the country once in 2011. Mm-hmm. When I flew mm-hmm. to Canada, I was considering work opportunities in Canada. So I flew out for a few weeks just uh, to take a job interviews. Um, yeah. And then I came back you know, without pursuing that any further. And mm-hmm. I've never really traveled uh, outside of the country except for that. And even within the country, you know, I've been uh, traveling up to Durban where uh, Jataka Swami used to visit for the Ratha Yatra um, uh-huh. very rarely. My family used to live there and even them I used to visit once. I got it down to once every three years <laughs> at some point. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
and then they they moved up to Pretoria, you know, away mm -hmm. from the 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 Rathiatra city, let's call it that. And then, so yeah, you know, I I basically uh, hated traveling. To be very honest, I I really didn't like leaving, uh, moving around much. Um, yeah, and, and yet you got this opportunity to be a traveling secretary. That's the, that's really really something. You know, that's amazing. Yes, no, I got the, uh, you know, I got it out of my system, I guess, you know, um, and uh, it was very good in that sense, you know, you know, yeah. in fact, I often think to myself, you know, um, the one, uh, if I could summarize it in, in one sentence, um, what I learned is that there's nothing new under the sun. Um, mm. And that is a very Christian conscious uh, message, you know, that you can go here and go there and see this and see that. But the fact of the matter is, and maybe it's a sad fact, is that there's nothing mm -hmm. new under the sun, you know, everything is just going on all the time, the same old thing. Um, yeah. That's material life. That's, that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's material life. Yeah. Tell us about 2008, Prabhu. How did you find out about the stroke and, you know, what was your state of mind at that time? <clears throat> right. So in about 2008, I was, uh, like I said, very much bound to Cape Town. Uh, with my mm -hmm. endeavors on this side. So I wasn't uh, traveling much. I was here. And mm -hmm. I remember getting the news then through devotee friends who told me, hey, you know, did you hear? And I was, I remember thinking that, you know, you can't kill this man. <laughs> I remember that was my first reaction. Like, it's like uh, water of a duck's back. You know, any kind of attack on a powerful devotee like that is quite ineffective. Uh, yeah. you know, and we can get deep into the topical quite quickly about this now, but uh, you know, even on a very simple level, uh, like I said earlier, he's a very strong, like a uniquely strong person I've not seen much of in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, fortunately, I've been blessed to to have individuals like this in my life um, mm -hmm. to be able to recognize it. You know, to be able to recognize that degree of strength. And right. you know, I remember thinking, you know. You know, they, they tried to, they tried to get his throat and kill him. That didn't work. You know, you can try what you like. You can do what you like. Krishna has his plan and everything yeah. is going on. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had a very, you could say, maybe philosophical perspective you know, on, on things at the time. Hare Krishna. And I mean, I think devotees are quite stoic. Yeah, sorry, I paused there for a minute because, you know, I was just thinking, yeah. devotees, you know, I think mm -hmm. that, that is what we, we are, you know, we are stoic about, uh, you know, uh, material suffering, let's call it generally, um, yes. you know, culminating in death. And I mean, that is our unique uh, strength, which we mm -hmm. derive from our Krishna consciousness, you know, diving practice in Ashita. Um, you know, we take shelter of a different energy. Very true. Are you still there, Prabhu? I think we might have lost you. You are. No, I'm still. I'm still here. Yeah, okay. I have a tendency yeah. to pause. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, Prabhu, I think it was really wonderful talking to you today. I mean, I did not realize that 40 minutes have passed so quickly. But what I am thinking, you know, after talking to you today, I'm thinking, you know, I would love to for you to meet Guru Maharaj once again. You know, I really hope that um, mm. something can be arranged mm. that that happens. I think he will be delighted, elated to see you. 
and I'm sure you will be mm. too. That would be a nice reunion. Yeah. 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 Um, I have actually have, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, um, with me not traveling, I have often thought, you know, what is the one thing that could drag me out of the country, get me into one of those metal boxes into the air like that again? And, you know, it's funny because I thought, well, only India, I mean, where else would I ever go uh, yeah. in the world? Um, where else would I have any business? And, you know, but even that for me was, oh, no, no way. That's like, thousands of kilometers in this metal box and that's yeah. <laughs> well i'm sure one day it will happen you know maybe janaki raman prabhu can uh, let guru Maharaj know that we interviewed you today and i'm sure he'll be more than happy to listen to what you have to say and maybe you know by the grace of krishna you know one uh, very soon you'll be able to meet him again so thank you so much, Prabhu, uh, for, you know, going through the difficulty because it wasn't so easy for you. It wasn't as straightforward of, uh, you know, it's not just a click in the link, but you actually took some trouble to call and, you know, make this uh, possible. I thank you so much for your time and for like, giving us a peek into the nectar that you experienced uh, in that four years of traveling with Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Okay. Are we okay. offline now? Yeah, we are offline now. Thank you, Prabhu. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful. I loved how you put in like, you know, certain realizations, you know, uh, of Krishna consciousness together with it as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, that was the real gift of traveling with Dr. Pakistan, yeah. is that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Lava Matra, Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, that's all. That's yes. all. You know, yes. if you can actually associate with a, with a good devotee, you will become a good mm -hmm. devotee. So, yeah, that was beautiful. Thanks, Prabhu. Well, uh, I will hang up now, and I'm so happy that I spoke to you. I will let Drua and Parijata know um, that I connected with you. Uh, I'm sure they still remember you. Mm. Oh yeah, no, we, we we were good friends back in the day because we were both yeah. working. We were all in the working world, but also trying to help the temple. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, we had to work together. I remember, and then it was when I was um, getting back into my own working world that mm -hmm. they were getting more involved. So 